Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 9, season 23. Uh, thank you for your patience of our little holiday last week, an enforced holiday, uh, but we are back this week. Uh, we're back bigger and better than ever. Well, I say better, I'll, I'll definitely go bigger because our tallest man is back with us, John Desborough. Hello. Thank you very much, pleasure to be here. And, I enjoyed your holiday. Uh, thank you. And the man that is still in my head now looks like something out of the video of YMCA because he's always got a hard hat on. Ryan Champion, hello. <laughs> Not quite sure how to respond to that one. I haven't actually had a hard hat on this morning. I was having a site meeting when you rang me earlier, but I wasn't on site technically, so I didn't need a hard hat. Thank you very much. Uh, do you know, this just completely unrelated, but uh, in a previous life when I... Uh, very very young when i was kind of find my, trying to find my way in life i did end up on a building site for a very short period of time as a laborer uh and the hard hats were called i'm going to use a naughty word now just if you've got young people in the car um or wherever you listen uh, cover the ears uh, they were called twat hats <laughs> and the reason why they were called that is because you looked one and it stopped you getting one <laughs> so that was what they were forever known as the twat hats there you go right you can Fair uncover enough. uncover young ears now absolutely not rally related and really quite shocking to think that we've started a podcast about rallying with something like that when we've just had possibly john um one of our most impressive wrc rounds for quite some time yeah i agree although we didn't start it you started it yeah i like the way you passed over any responsibility there thank but you, john. There you go. i'll in wimbledon fashion i'll smash that one back <laughs> and let you rush to the baseline to try and deal with that one um, yeah, I thought I thought it was terrific. I feared, I feared. I had a bet with my good mate, producer Steve Kelly. I said it's a Toyota 1-2. I thought it was going to be Seb and Elvin because I thought their cars were better built, that they were they would go at it in a calm, tidy fashion. I was almost right, but what I didn't realise was that the Hyundai has this what looks like and now sounds like some kind of fundamental weakness that no one can track down because they're only using the same parts they've used for the last umpteen years and it's a mystery right in the middle of you know an important season when they've just signed up the, their drivers again the car decides it's just going to break in a mysterious fashion um i mean if ever it was going to break it was going to break out there because you know the roads are the roughest i think you'll ever see although the word is grease is even rougher um so uh that was that did worry me because the championship is a sprint, it's a series of sprints now, isn't it, really? I mean, you know, I looked at the last time we were there and found stages that Tommy Mackinnon and Colin McRae were doing of 70 or 100 kilometres. And I thought, wow, that is almost a modern day loop. Uh, but that's the way it is. And lo and behold, you know, on Friday, these sprint stars went at it like it was a sprint. Um, you know, one or two of them came unstuck but it was a great show and i want i want to have a rally sprint on the sleeping warrior stage and i want the music to out of africa over the top of course and then we cut down we cut down to the cars on that stretch that long kilometer stretch where all the co-drivers stopped talking and put the kettle on and said i'll be back with some notes in about two minutes uh, i want that with the biplane and the, the music to out of africa i thought they were sensational pictures when the helicopter was flying that is and i'll stop there good move john good move <laughs> um Right. Um, and listen, we 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 had the man who warned everybody well in advance on our pod the week before last. Um, 
And everything he said was unsurprisingly not only right, but, you know, in all seriousness, and, you know, we do take the mick quite a bit, you've been there seeing it, done it, albeit in a historic version of, of the event. Did it unravel the way you thought it was going to unravel? Uh, yes, I think it probably did. Um, certainly to a degree, and I don't mean uh, to say like I I could have predicted that. I mean like like John, I think uh, I had Auger down for the win just because he was going to drive it with his head. And and if you if you said of any of those drivers who would drive it with a head, you'd just go Auger. And uh, but for a long time, it didn't look like that was going to be the case. And uh, and obviously Auger had the damper problem early on, which uh, which maybe was unsurprising but you know these these things happen in, in Kenya you know the car's working so hard but yeah I mean you'd have to say we probably all didn't expect Thierry's Hyundai to last as long as it did <laughs> the fact that the suspension broke on it was it a surprise hmm. no not really um so yeah I mean it, it did I think um what what worried me slightly was um some of the Im- images of just just how big the ruts were, and um, you know those comments about uh, and when the rain came, like I just knew that that would cause chaos because because that's exactly what happens there. It causes chaos, and I think I, I saw somebody say, "Oh yeah, well, it'd be great if it rained more." The, the problem is to run a, a modern day rally in in the WRC. If it rained there, uh, would be very difficult because it can just turn somewhat chaotic. And I think there would just be uh, cancel stages uh, pretty quickly. And that that was my concern. You know, when we started seeing the soft sand and we started seeing uh, factory cars getting stuck, as uh, you know, as Cali Robin Perry did, I was I was worried for Gus Greensmith that he was the next car in and he was going to get stuck. And next thing we had a, a stage cancellation because of because of uh, cars been stuck in it. And I think that stage might have been cancelled later on because of it. So um, it, it, it played out brilliantly. It created drama. It, it created sort of the right level of, of difficulty, I think. Um, it would just be difficult if the weather did turn a little bit more uh, during the WRC event. I think it, it, it could just cause issues for that event. But fantastic that... You know they've got a, a commitment now from the FIA. We're going to see it as a stable round of the World Championship for the for the seeable future, and, and they can build on what they've what they've done this year because it, it made fantastic pictures. Um, you know there was there was great drama, and I think we're, everybody's not only pleased to see it back, but pleased to see Kenya back in. The, the, you know the Kenyans went mad for it, uh, thousands of spectators out, crazy spectator traffic, and and it was an all round success. With expert comments, Tony from Brian Champion during the comments, <laughs> pick up on this. I just I'm just going to impersonate my longtime co-commentator, <laughs> the man the man whose trousers catch fire in that Murray. <laughs> It's, it's his suspension. You know how he does it. Um, and he said, this, this in from Ryan Champion, this is what they call black cotton. Was that right, Ryan? Black it cotton. Was. The yes. road started to turn. It went from that really kind of dusty, uh, crimsony brown, reminiscent almost of uh, Perth, Western Australia. It suddenly all turned black in front of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you couldn't really see much because when it came down, it came down. But I think that's great. That's another character in the whole drama. You've got everybody who's just about dealt with what's required to win or do well in this event. And then suddenly the black clouds roll in and we're going to change it all over again. And I, I think it's, that's one of the great variables of the sport. 
I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I just wanted to come to something, and as ever, we, we, we never do anything in any kind of chronological order as such, but talking about, um, you know, it's, it's very, very easy to talk about, obviously, that the hind eyes breaking to, to, to some degree. And, and obviously, you know, there was plenty of stuff on social media about, you know, people taking the mech and stuff like that. But in all seriousness, I'm going to come to you first on, on, on this, right? Um, I watched, there was one stage M with Oitanak where his car had been stolen on the hairpins and he looked directly to the, to the camera and he said, what's going on guys? Yeah. And when I seen that, I thought, do you know if he hadn't just signed that contract to me, that's almost like an exit strategy. Um, what, what, what did you make of that? (sighs) I mean, uh, yes, he obviously wasn't ha- happy, and we and we've seen that this year as well, haven't we? We've seen a high end stalling on hairpins. Uh, you know, Danny Sordo suffered from that. Um, uh, I think, uh, do you know, maybe not just just picking up on that point specifically, but picking up on on Thierry's reaction as well. At the minute, they're doing a great job of staying together as a team, and and really they have to because, like you've just touched on, those two drivers are, are under long term contracts now, and. And to start falling out with the team now is no good for anybody because they haven't just got to finish this season. They're committed for next season and, and they need to find a way out of this. They've got two top line drivers in, in Thierry Neville and Oitanak who want to win world championships. And at the minute, they're not going to win a world championship. They're not going to take anything off, off Toyota. Um, so there must be incredible frustration right through the team. And, and so far, they are doing a great job of, of keeping the lid on it. But go, you, you can imagine the meetings that are happening internally. And um, I'm sure it wouldn't take too much more for it to, to boil over and become a bit more public. But as a, for the sake of the team, they've got to keep it together because of how long they've committed to each other for. John, uh, mm. again, from a journalistic point of view, when, when when you start seeing stuff like that, and obviously, you know, you, you were working remotely, of course, every, as, as most people are currently covering the WRC. But in terms of a journalistic point of view, when you've got a driver coming into a stage end like that, when you're back in production or whatever, mm. there's got to be one of those ones where, you know, the, the ears prick up and go, oh, I'll, uh, hang on, hello. The, the, this could the, the, we we might need to explore this. Obviously, you know we know he's on a long term contract. Yeah. Um, but well, they're, they're, that's where stories start, isn't it? It is, and that's the most attractive thing about the job in that you go looking for things like that and try and find out what the answers are. And you know, in the old days, you would build up trust within a team, and uh, you would try and find out, you know off the record from sources close to you read that on the websites and newspapers that's how you would go about it and try and find out what their suspicions were and what they thought it was but then not put anybody's name to it but i at the moment i always think of that as dirt fish country and that's david evans country because sooner or later he'll get to the bottom of it and let's just say his relationship to the sport is different to mine uh in that uh, i work for the promoter and the clues in the title uh, things like that can be uh, they're hard to find out remotely and then they can be more difficult to air and make public in that relationship whereas david evans is you know there on site he knows who to go and talk to and sooner or later well i think guys like him who are independent and love to uh, make people accountable will find out what the reason for these things are because as i read this week in the newspapers with hyundai saying the flying car is only a couple of years ago a couple of years away hyundai i think are into 
personal transport in many levels, um, in many ways and on many levels, in a big way. And this is just part of their expression of how they want to be the future of personal transport. And I don't think you and I were aware. We don't know what's gone wrong for the third weekend for much longer because that that question mark comes with a lot of dollar signs after it that's being invested in that championship. And, you know, everybody will want to know, including the people at the top table in South Korea. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how I used to operate. But under COVID and at the moment, it's very hard to, you know, to get close to these people and try and get half a clue of what they think the answer to the problem might be. Uh, so over to you, Dirtfish and David Evans. <laughs> well, funny enough, you, you, you mentioned um, Dirtfish. There was an article, uh, and I was going to come to you, Ryan, on this anyway, but there's an article with regards to, and it, I must admit, it, it, it kind of made me smile a bit because it's the first kind of time I've seen Kari, uh, Yari Matti Latvala kind of have a story as a, as a team boss or such talking about uh, somebody you know outside of his team, and, and he, he, he feels that Thierry had gone too quick. He drove too fast. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I must admit, I picked up on a stage end, um, on the first day, uh, where basically, I think he'd, I, I can't remember what it was, but he'd absolutely annihilated everybody. Um, and he, he, he just seemed flat, you know, ev- everywhere compared to all the others. Uh, mm. and at the stage end, and I'm paraphrasing ever so slightly right, he said he, he had more in the tank, you know, he had a bit more to go. And you just think, well, that's okay for a, a sprint style event, but bearing in mind, it's safari, and there's clearly an Achilles heel now, which isn't particularly a secret Achilles heel anymore. Is there an element of, of, of people who are just waiting for that car to break and letting them go on attack? I think there was there was definitely a case of everybody finding finding the feet. You know, if you looked at the the sort of uh, well devastation really on the on the first few stages, I think they were maybe all pushing a bit too hard. Um, We've not seen a round of the World Rally Championship like this for for a long, long time, and not not with some of these drivers before in these cars, where they suddenly have to think about what speed they're driving at. They suddenly, and and, and you're right, you know, Raju, the uh, assistant clerk of the course, flagged it up to us two weeks ago. He said they won't be able to drive flat out, or else the cars will break. And he was exactly right. And I think it took a while for the penny to drop as to what speed they they needed to go. Now. Inherently, whenever you drive below the limit, there's always going to be somebody going faster than than somebody else. And and I think you're right. Thierry was was going a little bit faster, uh, but you know by the time we got into day three, we thought, well, okay, he's maybe picked a good pace and he's he's getting away with it. I mean, obviously, it, it caught him out in the end, and it was heartbreak for him. But. Uh, <sighs> I think I think that's always going to be the case with with that rally, and and we saw it. I mean, years ago, uh, nineteen ninety six, um, when when Tommy Mackinnon won it for the first time, uh, Mitsubishi took a, a complete different approach to that rally, and the, the regulations were very different to what they are now. And there was service after every stage at that point, but up until then, everybody had treated the the Safari Rally as a uh, as a long distance event and they, and they drove it with a lot of respect and in 96 Mitsubishi went with the Evo 3 and they just replaced everything every service every damper every drive shaft every upright they rebuilt them they maybe went back on the car eventually but they just replaced everything and and Mackinnon was on record as saying he, he drove that pretty much like a sprint rally but there was service there was regular service and, and that's what we haven't got now um, 
yeah, I don't know. Was he driving too hard? Was it bad luck? Who knows? I mean, like we said, we've, we've seen it breaking on, on, on much smoother rallies. We've seen it break on tarmac. Um, like you said, there's a, there's a fundamental flaw in there. They've got the homologation issue. Um, they can't just suddenly come up with new parts, but could they look at the wall thickness? Could they, you know, could they, could they make it stronger internally without altering the dimensions externally? Possibly. Um, but, uh, you know, like, like you said, uh, funnily enough, I, I sent a, a message to, to Yari Matty after the rally because I, I knew he'd be thrilled to win that one. And, uh, and I just said that was a big one for you to win. And, and uh, he just said he, he really didn't think, you know, that, that they were going to win the rally. He said he, he thought it was going to be a struggle to get a car on the podium, maybe one. And then, and then suddenly Safari came to them as, as Safari does. But, yeah, I think you're right. The, the Hyundai certainly went at it. There's but, a great, you've just used a great term there. That does Safari choose you as a winner? Hmm. Uh, you know, and and this this goes back a long, long way with this rally. Um, okay, it it was shorter, but let's not forget. And as as John will um, as John will agree with, like the, the 2002 run of the Safari was a shadow of its former self in terms of length of one from 15 years before, or even 10 years before. So. You know, this rally has evolved, so it, it was a true test, as, as we've seen. And even in the sprint format, we saw that people had to drive it sensibly. And, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, we know that Auger is the, the best driver at picking a pace and driving to it, and that's what he did in the rally came to him. I've seen it with the with the classic rally, which, yes, it's a classic rally, but the pace is, is very, very fast. And... and Funny, John was just on about, um, oh, it's a long straight, we'll come back to you in a while with some notes. <laughs> we have like 4K straights where we say nothing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's it's flat more or less for 4Ks. Mm-hmm. That's Is it. your code you know, with it. tell you to press the trip? Um, that, that was well, a new note. Yeah. Press the trip. Yep. That's, uh, that's, uh, that, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but again, that's great. It's, you know, it's something else that's, uh, that's chucked into the mix. And, yeah, um, yeah sorry, I was just, but I was just going to say on the, what we've seen on the classic, we've seen a, uh, a late 60s and even the last time a 71 year old Stig Blomquist, he'd be lying like, I don't know, sixth, seventh at the end of the first day. And then on the last day, he's right in the fight for winning or, or even winning the rally. These, these guys that, know how to drive know how to pick a speed it, it, it can just come to them and, and Orsi is just a master of it John so I'll, 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 I'll bring you in at this point I just thought that was just a, it's just a lovely image isn't it out of all the rallies in the world to kind of say the rally chooses you to win as if yeah, obviously I, you choosing well, the rally to win I used to say that with Argentina because I always thought there was the same kind of spirit and the same unknown and uh, that's the only round that Seb has never won. He's never won in South America. And, you know, when Chris won there and when Hayden won there, you often get, you know, crazy results. All the might and the power, the finance, the planning, the expertise of VW couldn't get Seb Ogier to a win in Argentina. And um, But now I think the Safari is the one where the rally gods pick you. And I would even say to everybody involved, make it more different. Go on, let's have the snorkels back. Allow these teams, if they want, 
to go and work on the car the way they used to. Uh, is there a way we could get a budget to send them out there testing? Could we make that a thing? You know, would that work in the media world? Could you turn that into a thing? Safari testing, um, you know, and then take these cars and uh, make them look different. Um, be daring because the safari is so different that that's where in, that's the place to do it. Um, you know, the Monte Carlo is different for certain reasons because of uh, the the snow, the ice, the slush, the dry stages, the wet ones, you know, the warm ones, the, the cold ones. Uh, Argentina is different because of state of road, you know, again, you need to know when to push and when not to push. You need to know when you can look after your car. Well, here we have something which really is different. And why not make it? A little bit longer why does it have to conform to the kind of the model the operating model of the modern day wrc rally where we're going to have around about 300 kilometers about 20 odd stages we're going to do it in a loop and repeat it and another loop and repeat it no 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 this is the safari listen this has been different forever you know you haven't got to go back to the days in the 50s and 60s where what you were trying to do was prove the reliability of your cars to the car buying public that's what it was all about back in the 50s and 60s because the cars are reliable now they go forever they're terrific cars much much better than they ever were but you could still just relax a little bit and allow them to do something safari-esque you know what do i mean by that well let's go and have a bit more of africa let's make a bigger thing of it i i, I certainly agree uh, john that the WRC missed a trick in terms of the theatre of safari because uh, you know, it, yeah. it, it, the cost, you know, the argument about cost. Yes, we wanted to take European cars. We're talking about one million euro cars. Like to put some to put some spotlights in the door mirrors and and put like a, a rebar on the front of it and a snorkel. I mean, the cost in comparison to what these cars are is is negligible. And even if you just put the lights on, you know, just the theatre, just, oh, the, yeah, the lights to warn the animals. Because I read beforehand, you know, like, oh, yeah, but this is all private estates. And, uh, you know, so they don't need anything like they had in the past with the lights to warn the animals. Why? Are, are they well? Are well, they, well are they house, right. I, I, no, hang on, hang on. But are, they, are the animals house trained in <laughs> private estate? Yeah, you know, is it just like do the zebras come to the road and go like, oh, there's no zebra crossing here. We'll just we'll just hang on a bit. Yeah. It's they're wild animals, yeah. you know. And and that was one thing that I, I did think about. What if somebody had hit a zebra? What happens then? Yeah. You know, like what if it did do the radiator, or and and where where does that fit into things? Uh, yeah. You know that because because animals will stray onto the road with this rally, so uh, that is something that I did feel they were maybe the, unprepared for. The authorities, let's put them that way, were very anxious and nervous about car meeting wildlife. I think because of how that might have been accepted in the big wide world, that you know our sport was slaughtering wildlife on these safaris. Um, but as you say, for years and years, that's been one of the perils, hasn't it? That's why you had the helicopters to buzz the animals and warn them. That's why Hyundai had the flashing light, because someone had told them that to have the flashing light at the front would would scare the zebra, you know, maybe some of the other um, wildlife as well. Uh, but, you know, it didn't happen. But I, th I just wanted to... I wanted every picture with, you know, Maasai warriors in villages, you know, I, I, and those Maasai warriors, they weren't jumping as high as they possibly could. Uh, maybe because they were disappointed that there wasn't an out-and-out -out red car, because I was told they always used to support Tommy Mackinnon's Mitsubishi because red is their colour. Uh, and then, you know, they got into the Citroen because the Citroen was the, the, the red colour for a short while. Um, but I just need, I needed more of Africa. 
um, because working remotely, you see it all through the, you know, the camera lens, through the computer as it was, or the plasma, and I needed it to be more different, and I needed the theatre to be different. Good word, Ryan. And, and it was there. It was there if, if it had just been brought out. Because if you look yeah. at as ever the, the amazing images from from McLean, I mean, you, you know, the theatre was there. It just yeah. it, it just wasn't quite brought out of the. Uh, uh, of what happened with, with TV yeah. so it is there and like you said I mean I, I fully agree it would be great to see it a bit longer it would be great to see it a bit tougher but I, I think the fantastic thing is it's back in the championship it's been incredibly successful and, and everybody can learn from it mm. uh, John answered the question that I was about to pose to you about, about high and dash flashing lights so thank you for that that's what I was just about to interrupt you with and go well what? that's from the expert himself Mr Julian Porter probably oh. Ju- Ju- Julian who had a debate with himself a long you. debate with himself <laughs> Bless him. Bless him. Um, I'm just waiting for him to interrupt himself. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> In honour of the great man who occasionally used to interrupt himself, um, Julian's not far off that status now. I, I, I don't know whether he, how much you watched, but I, I watched, obviously, Rich Milner was back at uh, Dovenby HQ and yeah. did a piece with Molly, and there was a fantastic delay in the actual piece, um, obviously, with technology, and I WhatsApped yeah. them during it, and I said... Put your finger in your ear like David Coleman. I said, please do that. I said, I need, I said, the delay is taking me back to the 80s. It's brilliant. Just please yeah. be David Coleman. Yeah. But try, yeah. I did try and challenge him to put quite remarkable in a sentence, but he didn't take the bait. So there you go. There you go. Um, I just, I just want to just touch back on, I don't, I, I don't want to put the boot in as much on, 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 on high end eye as such, but, um, there's, there's something quite fundamental happening with high end eye. Uh, in the not too distant future, of course, uh, John, is that Alan Panas uh, yes. makes after Rally Estonia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder, um, yeah. uh, there's, you know, as ever on Dave Fish, there's a, there's, a, there's a great article with regards to Alan Panas and obviously his relationship of, 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 mm-hmm. of working with, 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 with obviously the senior people there, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving into this new world with the new car and, and, and everything else, is it? It seems an odd time for him to be going. Although I must admit, well, I thought it was an odd time to see Christine Lorio move over to the rally program with Hyundai, yet still do GT with M Sport as an example. So maybe, maybe it's all connected. Well, I'm sure it is all connected. Uh, could be. Uh, I mean, I would say if you put your PR expert hat on, you'd say that was clumsy. That was clumsy to let him go now, or to you know. Uh, finish with his services now when the car is having such problems because he is uh, undoubtedly in front of some people going to be seen as the fall guy the thing is going wrong the car's breaking the championship's gone you're out you're taking the blame i don't think that is the case but i'm you know, sure it's not his fault because he's the expert on logistics more than anything else you know uh, he's not the engineer um but i thought it was clumsy the, the way they put it out and uh, sooner or later, I hope we find out that you know, why, how, and why is it connected with Christian Lorient? I don't know. Both Belgians, aren't they? Can two Belgians not work together? Are they, <laughs> are they like royalty and they're not allowed in the plane together in case it crashes? Uh, I, I don't know. Answers on a postcard. But he was always a good operator to me. He was um, always always very fair to me when I used to come in with um, awkward questions. Um, right. I'm, again, I just. I am staying on hind out. I'm going to move away after this one. Um, the fact, um, listen, and I know it's all at various levels. You and I have drove cars and stuff like that, but 
when you've drove certain cars in the past, um, competitively British Rally Championship and things like that, and I'm thinking of maybe a certain brand that maybe had um, uh, the gearboxes were like chocolate, as an example. <laughs> um, and they were a bit of a, there was a fundamental flaw in them. If, when you're trying to fight for a win, um, can you adjust your driving around a problem which you know exists in that car? Uh, yes, to a degree. Um, uh, that yes, but that was probably that was British Championship level, and and to be fair, the the British Championship rallies at that point was were maybe longer than some of the World Championship rallies now, and I think I think that's the problem that. There is nowhere to hide in WRC anymore. Um, everything has to be perfect. Everybody is pushing to 100% of what their car will do at all times unless you're in Kenya. And when you're in Kenya, you push to as much of 100% as you think you can get away with. And, and I think that's that's the problem. Um, yes, they they probably could look at look at driving around this problem but it's going to cost them time and, and if you look at um, I mean for example if we look at Titanic when he hit that rock that was online I mean what are you going to do about that it doesn't matter what speed even if you come you know it was on a relatively straight bit either so there's nothing he could have done there I think you know this is a problem that the team have to solve there's not a lot the drivers can do about it other than than you know drive the car as fast as they can and avoid the rocks but I mean to be honest within reason you, you, you do that anyway so it's it's a difficult one for them. I think so too. I think so too. Um, uh, I'll be interested to see um, the intel. I'm not, we'll, we'll, we'll never get privy to these things, but I think from from an M Sport point of view, John, I think um, I don't think it's quite a star from both drivers, but it, it won't be far off, will it? Oh no! I think they they knew that though, but they knew that it would be an opportunity, and the rest of these sprinters would come back into their postcode, and they could have a say. And you know, there is there is a way of tackling these this sport that says, "Listen, we're not here to break glass. We're here to get some points, and there will be some who charge at it like a bull in a china shop, and they'll fall off, and we'll benefit as a result of their mistakes." You know, it's not the best way to compete, but it is a way to compete. But the the good thing for M Sport, I think, is that they've they by now must have Malcolm must have called Adrian Formo and said, "Come and have a chat to me about next season." I've made up my mind. And um, they, they just to win that stage for Adrian, there are lots of people who have competed in the World Rally Championship, never won a stage. He's got that first little medal, first little tick of a box. Uh, it will have filled the whole team with just a, a degree more of confidence and belief that they're not just there and taking part. They're actually there having an effect in competing and in places going toe-to-toe and doing very well, especially in that environment. And I would think... Uh, whatever we did in Kenya, let's try and learn from it and take it to the Acropolis, to Kamenovula and Greece in a, in a couple of rounds' time, because it, it, it should work there as well. Um, and it'll make everybody feel a lot better that they've got something to cheer and they've got a smile on their face. Um, and I think Formo could just be a find. I think he might just be a find. I, I think he might be worth hanging on to. Okay. Okay. Um Right. Um, I, again, uh, just just touching upon M Sport. They obviously they went there with a very 
Again, my interpretation is they went there with a very rigid plan and I, I could almost imagine the conversation and maybe I'm, is that you don't look at anybody else's times, so you just go and do, you just go and drive. That's it. Yeah. And, and unfortunately for, for Adrian Fulmore, he only, he, the only person he beat was a super rallying Cali Rovenpera. <laughs> his, his drive was worthy of much more. Um, you know, M Sport, uh, they went with a plan. They stuck to it brilliantly. Uh, and, and they picked up the, they picked up the places. But like I said, they picked up the places when, when people retired out of the event or super rallied as, a, as opposed to just, you know, picking up from, uh, from punctures and other issues. So, um, it was great to see them. You know, they just looked solid all the way through and you never really feared for the, for the M Sport drivers other than, like I said, when, when Gus followed, uh, Cali Robin Perra into that soft sand, but they, they just looked solid all weekend. The cars looked solid, which was great. Um, and as John just said, I mean, Adrian Formo already has, has shown flashes of brilliance. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about the up and coming French drivers that haven't quite made the, the top grade. I mean, Formo with his limited experience in a WRC car, he just has that air of something special about him and and yes he's not the finished article yet and and sure he has to develop a lot further but he definitely has uh, has some special potential in there so it, it was it was great to see a real solid weekend from from m sport and, and let's hope we can see a bit more speed from them in the in the rest of the season if i can just briefly stay with you right just before we we, we move away because i'm just conscious of time as well because uh that we've got Dan Barrett joining us uh, after the break very, very shortly. So uh, it'll be great to get, to, we've not had Dan on for ages, but what, what a time to grab him and catch up with him. So we'll, 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 that's why we've not quite got to Tacker yet, by the way. We're not, we're not, uh, we're not purposely staying away from Tacker as such, but we know we're going to have Dan with us very shortly. So um, I just wanted to just kind of tip of the hat to um, obviously the locals, uh, Ryan, the R5 cars. Now, one thing, you know, we've been talking about the strength of cars um, across the board and we spoke about the, strength of cars uh, i think over the last three or four events not just necessarily um wrc cars we talk about r5 cars I seem to remember talking to reese yates only the other week about you know driving you know to look after the cars as well and we, we touched upon it before about you know whether that could happen with high and etc etc but you know you, you think about the locals that put in you know some very very strong times um uh, but got to, and also got to the end um, you know, Anka RI and obviously Drew Sturrock, obviously, um, seventh overall there. And, and uh, you, you look at that and you just think, well, I, I remember watching some of the onboards and some of the external shots and he's clearly managing the situation. You know, there's big enough, there's, the, you know, he's in lead. There's a big enough gap behind me and stuff like that. Um, is that a, 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 an old way of going rallying as such? Is that a, a safari attitude? I suppose it's the, the clumsy way of asking a very easy question. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Onkarai and, and Carl Tundo are, are two of the top Kenyan drivers currently. Um, Karen Patel in there as well got a good result. But, I mean, Onkar and, and, and Flash Tundo are competing against each other all the time, you know, and, and have done for the, for the last few years. So they they know each other very well they they know the terrain very well they've done a lot of rallies in this area and and i think to be fair you know the kenyans were actually surprised at how fast the wrc cars were going they, they weren't just surprised at the cars they were surprised at how fast they were going um and and yeah absolutely they they you know the local drivers know how to get a car to the end of the rally they've done you know thousands of kilometers 
on the stages there. They both compete in the Classic Safari as well. They compete in the, in the Kenyan Championship. And uh, I mean, Onker in particular, it, it was a it was a fantastic drive from him because he he never put a foot wrong. The others made mistakes early on. He he was in a a commanding position and and unfortunately his brother Ted you know in a identical polo had a really nasty accident um early in the rally and, and was unfortunately quite seriously injured was flown directly from Nairobi to Germany for, for treatment and um, you know we wish him the best with his recovery he's in Germany now and uh, and having the best treatment he can have uh, so Anka not only had to deal with what, whatever the safari rally threw at him he had to deal with the, the mental pressure of, of knowing his, his brother had had an accident and you know was uh, was flying to hospital so he did an amazing job to uh, to finish seventh and uh, and win wrc3 as well absolutely absolutely um i just just before we we we, we go to a break i just uh, we, we are kind of we're kind of headlong into uh, any other business but before we get to any other business i just want to tip my hat ryan champion we, I, i've got this fascination as well you know it seems to have grown as the last few months have gone by is looking at kind of the the, the back runners in wrc and, and looking at some of the cars that they used and there's a man after my own heart and a little fiesta r2 there um <laughs> rio smith um, and uh laban cliff who 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 got there they were plus two and a half hours but to get an r2 Car around at the back of the field. Yeah. We, we we need to tip our hat to them right yeah. now, as far as I'm concerned. He's anyway, he's left, but he got there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I probably wouldn't buy the car after the event if it was for sale. <laughs> I hope you haven't got it for sale, young man or old man. But uh, still, there you go. There you go. Um, listen, uh, we're, we're at any other business. I'm going to do mine first because I'm going to give uh, John a, a moment to, uh, to 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 get himself together and 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 come up with uh, his own any other business and new rank champion. I'm going to briefly, briefly do mine. I've got two little ones I want to do. Uh, I'm, the first one starts with wow. And the reason why I'm going to say wow is because I for 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 for, um, for mischief I. She had a picture on 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 um, on Twitter on I think it was Friday or Saturday night with um, the Maasai Warriors and um, a Toyota going over Mickey's jump, and the wow was an ironic wow over the fact that two iconic images have been smashed together. Mm-hmm. Bearing in mind that I don't think anybody needs to smash any images together that uh, that weren't already genuinely there coming out of Safari. And big credit Jeff Mayers and the guys out there, by the way, who's obviously was working for McLean as well. But um, so I had a little bit of mischief and, and shared this, and I think one or two people thought genuinely I'd shared it as a wow moment. Um, and um, yeah, so it, it all kind of went off a little bit on 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 Twitter with regards to me sharing this picture. And uh, yeah, it was an I it was an I was going for irony, and I think it was lost. So just to explain the irony behind that, wow. Uh, also, uh, just very, very quickly, um, this weekend, it's uh, the return to M-Sport stages um, this weekend. Sadly, we, we won't be doing it, um, but they've allowed every every Ford that you can uh, you can possibly rally in this coming weekend. So there's some classic Mark II's in there. Frank mm-hmm. Kelly's in there as well, uh, mm-hmm. who, uh, if you've watched any Mark II escorts on YouTube, and I'm sure you have Ryan Champion, uh, He's uh, he 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 pedals hard, so uh, so there'll be some great stuff coming out of Greystoke. Uh, best of luck to everybody on that rally. Some great cars out and some great drivers. So uh, stay safe, everybody. Ryan Champion or any other business. Well, I'm I'm sorry for the pronunciation on this one, and uh, and. Uh, John Desborough probably put me right, but um, I also want to tip a hat to somebody who's running near the back of the field on the safari rally, and that is Sobberslaw Zadada. Yeah. yeah. And 
he is 91 years old. Yeah. He was born in 1930. He first did the Safari Rally in 1969, and he was doing it again in an yeah. R3 Fiesta. Yeah. And uh, brilliant story, brilliant to see him doing the rally. Unfortunately, he retired on the last stage. I don't know what the what the story was there, but unfortunately, he didn't quite make the finish. But fantastic to uh, to see him competing at the age of 91. Um, I uh, I have to say. I wasn't aware of his career, so I had a bit of a look back on EWRC as we do. He actually finished sixth on the Safari at his first attempt in a 911, um, and was actually an official Mercedes driver on the rally as well. So uh, you know, there's 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 yeah. there's hope for you, Tony Simpson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Your pronunciation was brilliant. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I'm sure I'm sure we'll have a Polish listener that argues that one. <laughs> Big John, the floor is yours for any other business. Ah, you just disappeared on me. Um, well, I've decided that two things, I'm going to do two things weekend after next. I'm going to go and try and sniff some petrol, and I'm going to nurse the Audi S4 4.2 V8 Eco Wagon up to Bilf Wells. Um, I might bring some books with me. I've written a book, did you know? Um, I've had so a rumour. Anybody with a spare fiver can take one, one of those off me, but um, I'm going to try and spend some time with Nicky Grist and uh, chew the cud over things that were going on 20 years ago. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, sadly, we can't. We, we, we were we have to pull our entry for that rally. Uh, it's a great rally. I wish everybody the best of luck. Um, just as a bit of a side note to that, it is so sensitive um, that spectators don't go onto the stages for that rally. There's so much behind all that. It would cause irreparable damage. Um, I think to, to various relationships. So I know um, the guys at Special Stage are doing some coverage. Um, please, please, please heed the warnings. Don't go out onto those stages. I can't stress it enough. Um, it would cause irreparable damage to relationships, and we, we need rallies to come back. And um, you know, for for the B and Bs, for the restaurants, for obviously the preparation teams and things like that. You know, this is the domino effect that you know of of all these small businesses that would suffer if uh, if we weren't if we don't go rallying so anyway there you go so uh, boys that's that's the end of this section uh, we've Wonderful. saved we've saved the next section for, for to talk to dan uh, uh hence why we have not mentioned too much about tacker so we're going to cover tacker after the break and uh yeah john are you are you are you sticking around or are you gonna are you gonna slip off into into the into your garden <laughs> i suppose I thought I might get on my smoking jacket and my slippers. Uh, there is a table, my normal table, reserved in the corner with a chilled bottle of Chablis waiting for me. So if that's okay, all I will say is if Takamoto Katsuta had won that rally, you would never be talking to him ever again because that would have been the biggest result in big results in the history of big results ever if he'd managed to pull that one off. But as Yari Matty said to him beforehand, son, don't try it. You ain't got the tyres. So, um, good advice and well followed. There you go. So, John, you're slipping off then to the corner of the room, uh, which means that Ryan Champion and my good self will be back after this break with Dan Barrett. This is Absolute Rally. Quarter, leading commercial note supplier Killian Duffy has joined forces with 2016 British Rally Champion Craig Parry to form On The Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website onthepacenote.co.uk. 
Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. And as I said at the end of uh, the first section there, we're, we, we haven't talked too much about um, Taka because I, I knew secretly I've been I've been stalking him for a while. We were going to get Dan Barrett and it seemed the best time to get him now. So Dan Barrett, welcome back to Absolute Rally. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. <laughs> if only we could see each other, mate. God, that's... <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's, do you know how bad it is, right? Uh, how bad it is, mate, is that we both had hair the last time probably we seen each other. That I don't be believe that. <laughs> Honestly, mate, I think we both had hair the last time we seen each other, which is a, a sad state of affairs, but still, there you go. There okay. you go. Um, first and foremost, let's, let's just cut straight to it. Congratulations. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. It was a, a good weekend, all, all told, a difficult weekend, but yeah, really happy, to be honest, in the end. It was good. I have to ask, and you know, you, you, the, the levels of success you've had over the years, and you, you are, to me, possibly the most unassuming character in WRC, and I've been for the last 10 <laughs> years, it has to be said. Um, in many ways, this, the level of success of getting getting to that point over the weekend with Taka, is that, and I'm not saying it, it, it's going to eclipse anything, but is there more satisfaction knowing the journey that, he's been on and the whole idea of the programme behind it. Yeah, it's a very different sort of story, if you know what I mean, to what I've maybe been on before. And and, and I think that, yeah, to, to eventually get to where he's wanted to be for a long time and there's been an awful lot of work going in by an awful lot of people to and himself, obviously, as well, to, to get him to, to get a result like this. It, it's very much worthwhile when when it actually happens and, you know, the, the event that it's obviously happened on is... An event that no, we've not been to. I've never been before, and nobody in the WRC has ever been before. So it's a, it were a very unique experience, you know, a very very tough rally, and maybe tougher than anybody really imagined, to be honest. But uh, you know, to come out on the other side of it and him to score his first podium, you know, it's a testament really to how far he's come, and you know, how far we've both come together, if you know what I mean. Because we were not in a position to even be able to to think about doing that even 12 months ago. Uh, now, Dan, like you said, it's, it's been a journey you've been on. You've, you've both been, or, or as a team, really, you've all been building to, to this point. But uh, but Taka seems like a, a pretty cool character, isn't he? He's just taken all this in his in his stride. Yeah, no, no, he is. He's, he's, he's obviously very determined, and you know he can be frustrated sometimes by his own performances because you know he wants to be better than he is. But you know, I think that he's had to learn. One of the hardest things I think for him to learn was patience. And, and I think he's kind of getting to understand that now, really. And he's, he's had to be patient. and He's had to try and not do things that he wasn't experienced enough to do at the time. You know, and I think he, he bought into that, to be honest, maybe 18 months ago. And I think maybe he's starting to see the rewards of that now, really. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he, he's he, he's not had a long career in, in rallying like uh, like some drivers, you know, that that, uh, that get to this level. But I mean, he's, he's definitely uh, he's definitely seen a, a step forward this year, hasn't he, in terms of his performance and uh, and his consistency? Yeah, exactly. I think I think a few things have, you know, he, he's got a few good, you know, he's got a few good people around him now that are sort of helping him. Uh, you know, within the team, they're sort of like taking him under his wing a little bit, to be honest. And, you know, I'm, I'm obviously got more experience than him as well. So there's things that we still sort of share. My experiences are things that have happened to me before that, you know, I've kind of said this has happened before in this situation. So to avoid doing that, we need to do this. And I think 
he, he's just he's sort of taking it all on board and and hopefully it'll continue to click and you know he's still a long he's still a long way to go he understands that himself you know he's, the consistency level of the speed of the the top three or four guys is incredible the consistency you know and we, he's not there he knows that but that's the next the next step basically from now now you said obviously you've not been to safari before obviously Taka hasn't been before and and it is very different terrain there's sometimes a, a lack of definition to the to the road um you know, in a two-pass recce, uh, how how much information, extra information, could you could you put in? What would you, what were you maybe doing differently on the recce to what you would do in a normal event, as it were? No, nothing, nothing particularly. Just obviously to try and to try and note the obviously the bits that were bad on the recce that were obviously going to get worse, but that's quite difficult to tell. And in some sections, really, just trying to make the pace notes so you could physically both follow them more than anything, uh, because there's quite a lot of sort of like open plain areas, a little bit like the desert, where there's no definition in the road at all. It's all completely flat, so you've no profile. So when you're doing like 200 kph and you've got like seven corners on a page that you're reading, it's actually really difficult to see them because you're going so fast and they're not really that defined. So that's something that I think everybody will learn from going back next year. You know, maybe the pace notes will be written in a slightly different way moving forward for everybody because I think there was issues generally by people not always knowing where they were. Uh, and what about then in, in terms of how you treated the rally? Uh, obviously, we know there was rougher sections. Um, what, what was your plan in terms of speed? Was it was it just to push as normal where it was smoother and be careful on the rougher stuff, or, or what was your plan going into it? Yeah, I, th- I think you know the level the level's kind of so high that everyone someone's always going to take a chance, you know, and sometimes they'll get away with it, sometimes they won't. We didn't really want to, to be taking too many chances, so we just tried to drive in a way that basically to, to try and protect the car the best you can okay we had a few issues as as everybody did and really that was that was the, the game plan even even moving towards the end of the rally that didn't change because you know you'd seen during the weekend that things can change in a heartbeat really and someone's retired at the side of the road by not doing anything particularly wrong so the main focus really was just to try and be clean but you know obviously a reasonable speed as well yeah, which, which seems like a sensible strategy because I mean, I mean, the, the pace was pretty hot to begin with, wasn't it? And we we saw a bit of fallout because of that. Yeah, yeah, no, de- de- definitely. And I think that that was, you know, on shake on shakedown. I think the, you know, the pace on shakedown felt just like a normal European rally. You know, everyone's going to shakedown, try and show the hand a little bit, see what they can do, and that's what it was like then in shakedown. And I think there was quite a bit of like thinking between the guys that you know maybe this pace can't last like this for the for the whole weekend and i think to be honest that turned out to be to be the case to be honest uh, there's a there's obviously the history uh, dan of toyota and safari was did anybody kind of talk about the history of, of of the team beforehand was there any added pressures or was there anybody kind of make reference to the fact that of toyota's heritage there no to be to be honest no it wasn't even no, it wasn't even talked about, to be honest. I think it was just treated as, you know, as another rally. Because I think if that was sort of like spoken about, then maybe that could add more pressure to, to all the guys, if you know what I mean. So I think everybody was just sort of left to try and do the best job that, that, that they could themselves and not try and think about any pressure from things that have gone on in the past. 
I have to ask, I, I, I genuinely kind of forgot as well, by the way, this is the second time you, you, you sat with Taka, you sat with him kind of five or six years ago, and then obviously um, yeah. you went and did some other bits and pieces as well, obviously with, with Elvin um, more famously. Um, coming back to Taka this time round, what differences did you see in him? What, you know, did, did, I assume when you left left that, that the seat last time, obviously you went on to do other things as you've just said, but what what kind of developments have you seen between then and now? What 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 has gone on for him? Yeah, well, you know, in the, in the beginning, sort of thing in sixteen when when I was with him, it, it was a massive steep learning curve. You know, he had zero experience. Okay, he knew about rallying, and his father's into rallying, and a multiple Japan, Japanese champion himself is his dad. But he had not had any physical experience himself of rallying, so he knew nothing about rally. He just only knew about circuit racing. So his English was quite poor. He didn't know how to make the pace notes. So, you know, it was a massive learning curve just to try and get him to be able to finish a rally effectively. And then I left for a couple of years and then came, came back again. And the difference in those two years was massive. You know, his, his English has improved, his pace notes had improved, and his, and his driving also had improved. But there was still an awful lot of areas that he needed to improve before he would be able to drive the World Rally Car for argument's sake. So in 2019, we basically concentrated, similar to what we're doing now, to just create more consistency and increase the level, but do it in the correct way and not try and take too, too many chances in the wrong places. And really, that's how we've followed through. And I think now it's the, all the hard work for those few years is starting to starting to pay him back. You know, he has been very frustrated at times because it's not necessarily what he wanted to do and how he wanted to drive. But I think now when the results like last weekend come, he started to see that may- maybe it was the right direction. I, I, I always take the mick a little bit because you, you have been around for such a long time, Dan. But <laughs> you've just touched upon something there that I kind of forgot about because we've known each other for a long time. And you've co-drove on some of the programs I was involved with way back when. So I've just realised that yeah. you just talked about Japanese drivers. So Fumo Nutahara, Toshi yeah. Arai, yeah, and Taka, you, you yeah. must be the most famous co-driver <laughs> in Japan. Well, maybe just probably the only one that speaks English. <laughs> I think. <laughs> but you know, in all seriousness, he, he must—he seems so cool, as I said before. But you know, I, I, I assume that the, the test of this question will be at the end of the season. But has he got much of a following? You know, how big is Rally in it? in Japan and does he carry the weight of that right now yeah no he, he does definitely you know he definitely carries the weight of that you know he's the, he's the only person really to as far as I'm aware of to being like a full time seat in like a you know a top team obviously a Japanese company and everything so yes he, he very much does feel the pressure uh, he obviously wants to be successful so I think that's where a lot of the pressure comes from that he puts on himself but you know that's that's the that's just the way it is and the, and the nature of the sport, you know, it deals with it pretty well. And I think the rallying in Japan is getting bigger and bigger all, all the time. The profile is being raised and no more so than I think this year when hopefully the WRC actually does get to go. And then that will just hopefully raise the profile and his profile even more. Do you, did you did you go out a couple of years ago um, and do the rec or, or, or do the candidate events or go and wreck the yeah, stages? Yeah, yeah. We actually did the candidate event and we did actually win the rally. So, yeah, we've had some experience of being out there in the similar area. I think the stages are going to be quite different this year, but the area is, is the same, yeah. 
Cool. Um, I, 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 I have to ask before before we do let you go because I'm conscious of time. How is Yari Matty as a boss? <laughs> Pretty cool. Fine. No no issues at all. To be honest, so, you know he's he's been very good with with Taki. You know he's trying to you know put a lot of his experience. You know you've got to remember. I think he's done more world rallies than anybody. You know as a driver and. You know, he's won a lot of rallies himself, so, you know, his experience level's massive, you know, and he just seems to have a, have a way, he's sort of like taking him under his wing a little bit, let's say, and trying to help him out and giving him bits of advice and, you know, maybe mistakes that he's made himself to try and stop Tacker from doing that, if you know what I mean. So, no, he, he's been very good so far, and I would think that, that that will continue in the future. I hope so. I hope so, because... He, he, I must admit, we, as I say, we've had Gary Matty on, and he, he's always been. Uh, great, you know, we we were shocked when he when he got got. You know, we still thought he was going to do more driving. Um, so when he got the job, we were we we were shocked because it wasn't that long, right? Is it that we'd had him on with us? I think it was about two weeks before. Yeah, and we were we were trying. We 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 you know at, by the end of the podcast, in fact, the bit that wasn't broadcast, we were trying to broker a deal to get him over here to do a historic events, and he was up for it. Okay. So <laughs> we were we, the, the, the 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 off the record conversation went, you know. Uh, do you fancy coming over to do the rally? He said, oh, you know, we do a historic rally. And then, um, needless to say, two weeks later, he got appointed the boss. Thought, yeah, he's not going to probably come over and do that event now, is he? He's going to have his hands full, to say maybe, the least. Maybe, maybe not this. Maybe not this year. Well, I think Dan, you need to get him and tack it over to do mull. I know you love a bit of mull. That's going to yeah, be the I love ultimate a bit test. Of mull, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that should that should be a good rally this year. There's plenty of people going. It should be a. Hopefully, it gets to run. Well, and everything back home, it should be a, a thing to look forward to. Did you, so. did you catch much of the Argyle rally, Dan? I, I've only seen a bit of it, but it looked very similar. Yeah, I've only only little bits that I've caught upon on on Facebook, etc. But yeah, it does look pretty similar, to be honest. So yeah, that looked like a really a really good rally, and I think there's a few guys that maybe weren't more people that I've heard of on the back of going to Argyle are hopefully going to try and do the rally. So you know that can that can only be good to try and just attract new new people to go. I hope so. I hope so. Listen, mate, um, I'm just conscious of time, as I say, and I'm really, really thankful for you, for you joining us and getting on and having, having a catch-up, because it, it has been a while. Um, just pass our best to Taka. Congratulations to him and congratulations be. to you, mate, and, and stay safe, and, and hopefully we'll, 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 we will get to see each other before before we lose our eyebrows, I suppose. That's the next thing to go, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> or, 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 or eyesight, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Thanks a lot, Dan. Folks, that thanks, has been thanks absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Cheers, thanks, Dan. All the best. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. That has has been Absolute Rally for this week. Folks, we'll be back same time, same place, in the podcast hall next week. Absolute Rally. Powered by the Keel The Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.